0: This is the Ned Group Investments podcast, a space where you can learn more about our fund managers, the funds they manage, as well as getting up to date and important developments affecting the investment world and how they might be relevant to you.
1: Thank you. It certainly has been a very interesting year. And as we see markets fluctuate, we also see our energy levels fluctuate. I know. So we've had some of days where we feel like this, where our energy is High, as you can see on the screen, or days where we feel low energy. And what I want to imagine is what happens when we charge ourselves as much as we charge our phones. Imagine what would happen to our performance. Imagine what would happen in client meetings. Imagine what would happen in our personal relationships and in our lives if we knew how to manage our energy. So in the next session, we are going to look at how to manage stressed clients. In this session, we're going to learn about what stress is. We're going to talk about how to manage stress, how to manage our energy, and as I say on board, how to put our own safety masks on first before assisting other passengers. So when I was asked to do this talk, I was both excited and daunted, excited because this is an important topic and one that needs attention specifically in the situation we find ourselves with the pandemic. And daunted because I usually run three day executive retreats on this topic. And today we have about 25 minutes. Um, But what I wanted to share with you is some key insights about underlying principles of stress and how to manage stress and and energy. And um, these are also tips and techniques that I've learned over my two decades of working in this space with senior executives and professionals as to how to manage stress and energy in a way that empowers peak performance. So the first thing I wanted us to talk about is that there is two forms of stress. There's two types of stress. The first type of stress is Stress that is actually good for us. It's called eustress, EU stress. This is the type of stress that gets us up in the morning. It's the type of stress that makes sure that we focus in client meetings. It's the type of stress that makes sure that we follow through on what we commit to with clients so that we keep them happy. It's the type of stress that has us motivated to do things in the sports space, etc. However, there is also another type of stress. And this is called distress. And this can come from either having too little stress or too much stress. So when we have too little stress, we become bored, we stagnate. When we have too much stress, we can become overwhelmed. And so in this next slide, this kind of demonstrates it more clearly. As you can see, inactivity can for a period of time be good, because we might need the rest. But if we inactive for a long period of time, um, it can lead to stagnation. We want to move from a state of inactivity and relaxation into a state of optimal performance. And ideally within our workspaces, we wanna spend most of our time in that state of optimal stress performance. Most of us will know that if kept in a state of stress, and then, where the stresses increase, we can tip over that curve into a space of exhaustion. And if that exhaustion is not caught and managed effectively, we can slide very, uh, very easily into stress overwhelm or stress overload, and into burnout. Having worked with very senior leaders who have come really dangerously close to burnout, believe me, this is not a place we want to go. It's not a place we'd want our clients to go. So this session is really about how do we acknowledge when we are tipping over from optimal stress performance into exhaustion and overload. Okay, so we're going to talk about resilience. Resilience is how much disturbance the system can take before it breaks down. So this is how much we can take in terms of stress before we start feeling that overwhelm. Resilience, however, is also the ability to under pressure perform at a higher rate. So it's not just being able to withstand pressure, but it's actually how to convert that struggle and pressure into learnings such that we can actually become better. Resilience is also our ability to adapt in the face of multiple challenges while continuing to persevere towards your goals. So just like a tree has very strong roots in the ground, knows who it is, and also has very flexible branches, tree is well positioned to adapt to climate changes and to fluctuations in weather and temperature. And uh, just like that, we need to learn what is going to root us, keep us grounded in pressure, but also to keep flexible as the changes come so that we are adaptable. So the more needs we have met, the more resilient we are. Often when we're not feeling very resilient, it is because some of our core needs are not being met. So I designed a a, a needs framework that I work with some of my clients on, which talk to these core universal needs. We have a need for safety. We have a need to be seen and be affirmed. We have a need for sustenance, like good nutrition. We have a need for support. We have a need for balance, learning, self-expression. All of these needs are universal and we can measure to what extent these needs are being met. Very often and specifically now at a time where we are put under more pressure than usual, we will find ourselves and our clients struggling to meet some of these core universal needs. And that does make us less resilient and less able to adapt to the changes. So this is how it often looks. In terms of our career and finance in our lives, often we see a, a steady and hopefully a positive trajectory in terms of our uh, career growth, in terms of our financial situation. However, often a pattern that we see is also that we see an inverse relationship with some of the other core areas in our life. So in terms of our relationships, in terms of our physical and emotional well-being, So it's really important to understand that um, stress and performance in one area and having our needs met in one area doesn't necessarily mean that our needs are going to be met in all areas of our lives. And very importantly, in some of these areas, which make a real difference to the quality of our lives. So what can we learn from athletes? We learn that it's not always about the marathon. It's actually about a a series of sprints. So we have a basic survival need to spend and renew energy. And we're hardwired to pulse between energy expenditure and energy recovery. So very often when we think of our lives as a marathon, go, 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 we can get much closer to exhaustion and burnout. Okay, so... Let's talk about energy management. The first piece or the first takeout, that I want us to focus on here when it comes to energy management is managing your state. One of the three states is tiger energy. What happens when we're in tiger energy? Tigers are go, 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 go. Tigers deliver, tigers get things done. This is an important energy state for when we're in crisis. It's also an important energy state when things happen unexpectedly and we need to deliver. However, what happens when we're in constant tiger energy? Sloth energy. We crash. So if we're in tiger, 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 tiger all the time, you're going to find, and I certainly do, that there is a period of time where we just collapse into exhaustion. Maybe it's at the end of the day when you're wanting to engage with your family and you don't have the energy for that. Maybe it's on the weekend when you're wanting to go for a hike and instead you crash on the couch. So if you're constantly in tiger, you're going to find yourself in sloth and they're going to fluctuate between those types of energies. But what I'd like to invite you today to think about is that there's a third type of energy state, and this is swan energy. For those of you that don't know, swan is one of the largest, but also one of the fastest flying and swimming birds, also one of the longest living birds. So a swan energy when we talk about Swan energy within the context of a corporate environment or within the context of of the space that you're working in, is to be able to move with pace, but also to move with grace. So to be able to, on the surface, stay calm and composed, but also to be able to move efficiently and effectively. And with Swan energy, we when we don't need to expend enormous amounts of energy, we float. So this is the first takeout I want you to think about is how much of your time are you spending fluctuating between tiger and sloth energy? And how much of your time can you step more into being swan energy? The second takeout that I want us to talk about is is about how to actually manage the flow of energy that you have. I like to think about it in using the analogy of a cup. If we think about ourselves as a cup and the water being our energy, what happens if we are constantly pouring energy out during the day and not refilling? We empty out, right? So what we need to be very careful of is... Pouring our energy out during the day, not knowing how we are going to refill our cups, but also allowing people to drink from our cups when we know we are dangerously low of energy. So what I'd like to invite you to do is to think about what fills my cup with energy, making sure that your cup is full and making sure that it's overflowing so that when it overflows, it spills into the saucer. And when you have an abundance of energy, that is when other people, your clients, your family can drink from your saucer as opposed to drinking from your cup and emptying you out. So my second takeout, make sure you fill your cup. Okay now I want to talk about the sources of energy. There are four different types of energy and there's four different energy sources. There is mental energy, there is emotional energy physical energy, and spiritual energy. And it's important to recognize that we can be energizing ourselves through one energy source, but exhausting ourselves through another. For example, we can be eating well, we can be exercising and resting in the physical space, but if our mind is extremely active and we're not able to manage our mental energy, we will still find ourselves exhausted. So, And it's also important to know how to plug in to each of these four energy sources. So my question to you is, are you plugging in to each of those four energy sources? And how to engage with each of those energy sources. Do you know how to energize your mind, your heart, your body, your soul? The mind takes up a lot of energy and your mind will also, it, it's a busy, even when we are sleeping our mind is busy. So it's really important to recognize that we need to give our minds a break. We need to pause from thinking inactivity activity in the mind Also allowing our minds to energize with learning new things, having intellectual conversations, having stimulating conversations that will help to regenerate in that energy center. The heart space, if emotions are not allowed to move, can also exhaust us. So creating space for beautiful experiences, deepening your personal relationships will help you to manage and recharge your heart center. Your body... It comes down to nutrition. It comes down to water, oxygen. Very often, even if we've had a really, really healthy, nutritious meal, if we're not drinking enough water and we're breathing shallow because we're stressed, we don't have the oxygen and water to convert the nutrients into energy. So those are extremely important in the body. We also want to have constructive movement and constructive rest. I say constructive because sometimes we're exercising and maybe over-exercising in a way that might not be constructive. And then, of course, there is the soul space. So this is the energy that does the thinking, that does the feeling, that does the doing. It is your deeper consciousness, your connection into a deeper sense of meaning, purpose, value. It is what it is in terms of what it means for you, but it is extremely important to also create space for for connecting in with that deeper awareness and and connecting into something bigger than ourselves. For some of us, it might mean being in nature. For some of us, it might mean making a difference in the world. Whatever that spiritual uh, practice is for you, it's important to make space and time for that. I want to also talk about managing stress and we're gonna talk about three ways to do that. The first way is to manage your thoughts. Our thoughts affect our feelings and our feelings affect our actions and our actions affect the experiences and the results that we achieve. So when we're trying to manage stress, we need to start with managing our thoughts. Thoughts matter. There are three thought patterns that create stress. And these thought patterns intensify not just the feeling of stress, but can also potentially intensify the feeling of conflict that we feel within ourselves before meetings or in personal relationships. So it's really important to recognize these three thought patterns, to catch ourselves when we are acting out using these three thought patterns and to know how to course correct. The first thought pattern is what I call predicting or doom telling because very rarely do we actually fortune tell. More often than not, we are telling the future in a way where we are afraid of something bad happening. And what we do is we drag the anxiety of if that bad thing happened into today's reality. So I've got a very stressful client meeting. (gasps) It's going to go so badly. (gasps) And then what do we do? We pulling the anxiety from that doom-telling or predicting space into the present moment and it affects our stress levels. The second thought pattern is what I call catastrophizing. This is making a mountain out of a molehill. This is when we take a small challenge and we blow it up to epic proportions like this is the worst thing that could ever happen and when we catastrophize and you might notice this with some of your clients as well see a slight fluctuation and there is a urgency to make it bigger than what it is it is helpful to remember to keep things in perspective and to look at the the longer time frame to help keep that perspective The third thought pattern is what's known as ruminating, which is like a broken record. It's telling yourself the same thing over and over again. When we do this, we are, and usually it's telling ourselves something quite stressful. We are amplifying and intensifying every time that neural pathway goes with a stressful thought, we are amplifying that stress. So it is important to know how to manage our thoughts. It is also important to know how to manage our emotions. And those of you that have ever experienced a switch of emotions with someone else will know how quick that can actually happen because emotions move and feelings change. And I wanted to share with you exactly how this happens. So we experience a triggering event And with that triggering event, we then experience a primary emotion. That primary emotion could be joy, but it could also be fear, sadness, shame, despair, helplessness. If that primary emotion has a safe space to be expressed, we will then be able to move the energy out of us, move the emotion out, and we will be able to self-soothe and calm down. So being shortening our emotional refractory period, which is the period from a trigger event to the period where we neutralize from that stress. If that primary emotion does not have a safe space or if it's too overwhelming, we can trigger and within us gets triggered a secondary emotion. And that secondary emotion can be anger, frustration, a contraction or a numbing or a shutting down and very often, this is where we act out in a rigid or a protective or an attacking or a withdrawing kind of way. And conflict in personal relationships and with clients very often comes from this triggering experience. So it's important to be able to acknowledge that we do get triggered, know what triggers us and how to manage that. Because if we don't, what can happen is an amygdala hijack, which what what happens is our frontal lobe, which is the important center in our brain that helps us to think clearly, it's our logic center and our practical center, that shuts down and we lose access to be able to think clearly. And what happens is our reptilian brain at the back of our brainstem here, the top here, this is the the, the most primary part of our brain, which is responsible for fight, flight and freeze. This is what kicks in. And that's why you find when you are triggered emotionally, you very rarely have access to logic and clarity of thought and you are overwhelmed with the emotion to either fight, become assertive or aggressive, flight, to evade the topic or move away or freeze just to to contract and close down. The third and final uh, takeout for stress management, and this one may seem like common sense, but we know the thing about common sense is it's not always that common. So I wanted to include this tip is to make time for rest. Make time for recovery and make time for recharging. These three are different things. Resting is inactivity. It is space and time where we are not putting stress on our body, our mind, um, and our our, our um emotional state. Recovery is when we've had a very intense time and we are needing to actually um Manage the stress. So it could be if you had a very, very intense workout, you might need to have a massage. If you've had a lot of stress, you might need a physio appointment to help you with the physical manifestations of that stress. And you also need to make space and time for recharging, which is what is going to fuel you with energy. For me, that is singing, that is being in nature, hiking. But for you, it's really important for you to know what gives me energy. Is it time with certain people? Um, So have a think about that. So in recap, managing energy. um, Remember, to be a swan, fill your cup, put your own safety mask on before assisting other passengers. And remember to plug into those four energy centers in terms of stress management, manage your thoughts, manage your emotions and your emotional triggers, and take time out to rest, recover, and recharge.
0: Thank you for that. Very good. Welcome. Are you feeling energized?
1: Very. <laughs> How are you feeling, Trevor?
0: <laughs> Nine and a half out of ten.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah. Nine and a half. I Go. like that <laughs> swan.
0: Glide like a swan.
1: Yes, glide like a swan. <laughs> uh,
0: a quick couple of questions sure. perhaps, and thank you for keeping so nicely on your time. Um, I think you sort of touched on, on one or two of the things, but on the webinar today are mainly of wealth planners, financial advisors and they are dealing a lot with their clients. It's been a tough year. We know they've been perhaps taking strain. Clients have been taking strain. You get difficult clients. Markets have been, as you saw from my presentation, up and down. So I guess they're having quite a lot of difficult discussions with clients. Have you got one or two tips I get, when they're preparing to have a difficult client meeting, they mm. perhaps feeling stressed. Mm. The client is stressed, mm. and you want to make sure you get the best out of that meeting. You get the client to sign his yes. business on the bottom line, whatever it might be. How? How? What can you? What tips are there for these advisors to? to really get a success out of their meetings.
1: Cool. So a couple of things come to mind. So the first one is something that we've just spoken about is managing your thoughts. So if you're going into a stressful or difficult client uh, engagement or a meeting and your thoughts are all around, oh, this is a difficult client. Oh, they're such a, you know, they're, they're, they're so unprepared or they're they're whatever thoughts that you have about that client, they're, they're going to say no. They're always trying to be challenging. Those thoughts are going to affect how you feel and so how you show up. So it's really about managing your thoughts, remembering to choose empowering thoughts that are going to lead to you being in the best state possible. Second thing is manage your emotions. So know what your triggers are. With each client you work with, you need to know your clients so well. You need to know what they might bring up in you and what might be triggering and to prepare so as not to be triggered yourself into emotions. You can stay calm and focused when they are engaging with you. Last two thoughts is that preparing and practicing for those difficult clients. Mm. You know, I did a lot of sales training a lot of customer service training. And um, I used to say to teams when I used to train them, with difficult clients, these are your absolute uh, gems because they're opportunities to be your best. Mm. Prepare what you want to say and then practice it in front of a mirror or on the way, you know, to the meeting, practice how you're going to deliver the difficult parts of what you're saying. And the last thing is bulletproof yourself. I call it bulletproofing. Know what they might hit at you in terms of objections, things that they might not be happy with, and prepare good responses to those common objections.
0: Great. Great. Good yeah. ideas. And Shannon, last question to end off. many of the again, the advisors and clients on the the webinar have been with us for a long time. We've literally had some of them fifteen years plus in our portfolios. Mm. And when we started dealing with them, they were one-man shows, smallish type businesses. through their hard work and maybe Ned groups help a bit, um I mean many of them have grown into big businesses. Yes. and successful businesses they've got staff etc as now i guess the leaders in these businesses mm. how how can they keep their staff focused mm. energized positive and and on track i guess yeah
1: Sure. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a lot of time, but I have loads. I have so many tools and techniques and frameworks that would be helpful for that. But in the time that we have, some key things that come to mind is to is to be a role model for good stress and and um, energy management yourself as the leader, to mentor and really role model how you can manage stress well to educate your teams or create space for your teams to understand stress and how best to manage stress. Um, and, and also to Make that link between the more what seems like soft skills, you know, your mental and emotional well being. It's always kind of seen as a soft, but making that link between understanding how to manage stress and energy and high performance and committing to programs that help your teams to perform better. If you see that they're struggling, or even if you just see that they're performing well, but you want to maximize and leverage their strengths. Um, of course, call me if you need help <laughs> with that, yes. with coaching and training programs yeah. would be sort of my final I'm take sure. out. If there's yeah. anything yeah. that, uh, you know, there's any questions that you have specifically, I'd happily have a conversation Great. with any of your clients that want to know more.
0: Well, perfect. Shannon, good. thank you so much. That thank was you. amazing. Thank you. And uh, have a good rest of the day. I will. Group collective Investments is an authorized collective investment scheme manager in terms of the Collective Investment Schemes Control Act. Ned Group Investments does not provide advice on financial products and will only give you factual information. For further details on our funds and to view our terms and conditions, please visit nedgroupinvestments.co.za.